0: Hello and welcome to episode four of season two of the only foals and racehorses podcast with me Ria from adventures in black and white um, I will have to say before we start today's episode that I do apologize if you can hear some purring in the background I have got my little friend Burma with me today sat on my lap and he is currently purring quite loudly and I haven't quite got the skills to edit that out anyway let's get on with today's episode So I'd been at Chubbun a little while, maybe a couple of months or so, and I realised that, you know, I could ride, so that was all okay. Life was sort of of tipping along. I'd had quite a traumatic time leaving my previous sort of job and life behind, so I was just working on fixing myself at that point. Um, Work was fairly easy, certainly a lot easier than running your own yard. And yeah, I was just getting on. Obviously, it had become apparent that, you know, as much as I had a lot of experience, um, I was too light to ride the uh, rehab horses. So I was transferred down to a yard called Shoulder of Mutton, which apparently was called that because it looked like that from above. But I couldn't quite see it myself anyway. Down at Shoulder of Mutton was basically yearlings that had been broken in and Arabs. And this was my first experience of racing Arabs. Racing Arabs are quite different to thoroughbreds. They come in three main varieties. Um, The ones that look like actual Arabs, uh, the ones that look like thoroughbreds, and the French ones, which look like cobs um the french ones were actually the best ones it was amazing you just wouldn't believe it these things had legs the size of the tree trunks and they just yeah for all and purposes looked more like a welsh cob than an arab but they were bloody hard and they ran um We had quite a lot of French Arabs at Shabwell. Um, They were named in a particular way. So we had the certain lines and we had like lines from this family called the de Faust family. And uh, they were each year they were all named by the same letter. So the years I was there, we had the Q's. So we had Quareem de Faust, Quattab de Faust. And then we had the R's. We had Rico de Faust, Rafi de Faust. Um, Yeah, they were named a little bit easier than the... uh, thoroughbreds although some of them also because they were Shadwell homebreds were um, named the same as the thoroughbreds so it was still a little bit of a mix uh, but anyway I digress so the uh, racing Arabs um are broken in a year later than the thoroughbreds because they're not allowed to race until they're four, four years old year olds i can't remember if they're three or four anyway so they're broken in a year later anyway because they're not racing as two-year-olds but what they did do was the colts we would break in quite early because the colts would be very big um and they'd get very strong so where they were broken in almost a year before the fillies were um just because otherwise you'd struggle with them. So I went down. I wasn't involved in the breaking initially, and that tended to happen over at Melton. Um, and then once they were broken in and ridden away, then they came over shoulder of mutton to continue the education before they went into training. And that's where I first met them. Racing Arabs are quite different to thoroughbreds in that I think because of that. Bit older and they're also they have a different intelligence level to thoroughbreds they were more like riding ponies um, so you had to be quite um, skilled shall I say on how you dealt with them you couldn't just ever tell them what to do um, you had to cajole some of them they would do things like lie down if they'd had enough of you um, they also liked bolting uh, they yeah they, they, they wouldn't do the things like thoroughbreds and that they wouldn't whip round and then like completely bury you but they they just did things differently so they were more like riding ponies and they felt pretty much like riding a pony and they were kind of pony sized. So they're about, ours were about 15'2", some of ours actually were 16'2", so they were quite, yeah, very strange strange beasts but they were very different from riding a yearling because they were bigger stronger more balanced so i went down to of mutton um that was a funny yard in that it was quite a nice easy place to work it was run by a bloke called terry who i had very little respect for as time went on terry wasn't really a horse person at all he used to work in a coleman's factory Making mustard, and then he was a friend of Dennis's, and that's how he got the job. And Dennis and Terry had few horse skills or people skills, but yeah, that's him. But he tolerated me. I don't even know why he had a problem with me from the start. Probably because Dennis didn't particularly like me for whatever reason. But we never actually fell out over anything. I never did anything wrong. And actually, on the yard, from a day to day basis it was fine down there um, I just did as I was told and it was really nice because we rode out with a decent set of lads and we'd all be on our, our Arabs and we'd ride them around the arena down there we had an indoor school down there and then we'd go up to the main track the site of all our fun and games and uh, as I said before the Arabs sometimes had this tendency to run so what we did with them we if anything seemed to be a little bit runnery Um, for want of a better word, uh, we'd stick on a leather elasticated side rein uh, in like a fashioned into a a standing martingale type setup. Because we found with the Arabs that if you stop them lifting their heads so high, then they didn't run off. And I was on, we had one, he was a little grey horse. I was trying to remember his name, but his name escapes me. Um, I'd seen him bolt with a few people including some very good riders and uh, I remember I was riding him one day around the track and Sheikh Hamdan came in and he came in in his helicopter which was uh, yeah exciting enough as it is uh, especially when you realize that the helicopter landing pad was right next to the round canter and I was on a horse that would bolt and when like Arabs bolt they they don't just bolt round they bolt through rails they don't care they just go so i was a little bit nervous as this helicopter came to land that i would basically die because my horse was had the potential to just bolt through rails but he didn't so i lived that day that wasn't too bad um the other thing that arabs did was they liked to buck a lot um mine oh, my rides were never that bad but we had one he was yeah um oh, not maloof what was his name Alman Sub, and um, Alman Sub was a big chestnut colt who um, Alex, one of the Ukrainians, used to ride. This is where the Ukrainians really came into their own. And Alman Sub just used to just basically buck every single stride. Sometimes he would just be cantering and bucking, and he would buck so high that his tail would hit Alex on the back, and Alex just laughed and would say, "All his usual." Ukrainian swear words which was I learned quite a few while I was there and uh, just laughed at him and cajoled the horse along and actually the horse ended up being a fairly decent racehorse but he'd said when I was talking to him about Amazub uh, he said that when he would when they were breaking him in he did on occasions he did give him a slap for doing it just to try and get him out of it get him going forwards and stop him bucking and their horse would just lay down straight away so you didn't hit him because he'd just lay down so that was entertaining and yeah so there was him I um rode a couple of really nice horses um I had Lakatat who ended up being a really good broodmare mare I had Yakin again she ended up being a really good little little horse in the end and um it was just nice we had lots of fun and games, um, lots of people fell off. I remember one day we were riding back from the track, the horse was all relaxed and Denis got his legs out of the stirrups like he did and he was going along saying, oh, you know, this horse is good, this horse is good, look at him, look at him, just basically messing about. And this is, you just don't mess about with Arabs. And I can't remember who he was riding. It might have been Alman Soob actually. Anyway, the ne- one minute he was sat on the horse and the next minute he was on the floor. And it kicked him in the hand and broke his hand. So that was that. You you, you don't mess with an Arab. Um, but in general, I really quite enjoyed riding them. They saw that I got on with them. And then I got sent to Melton. Um, so in some ways, uh, it, I was exiled to Melton. Uh, we all used to joke, that if you'd done something bad, that's where you got sent. But I got sent to Melton because um, they were struggling to break in there. And they'd seen that I was quite capable and they got a couple of quite small horses there that the lads that they got down there were just too big for them. So Melton is sort of slight down the road more towards this and as I'd said before it's the original um, site of Shabwell Stud. It was a really really pretty yard, um, not the best for like working on. Uh, in regards to like mucking it out it was quite hard and uh, just because the setup was it was it's very picturesque but not set up in a practical kind of fashion. But I actually really enjoyed my time at Melton with Tina and Laura and Guy. Guy was another French lad. Um, him and Denis were friends and they'd been there for a long time. And then there was Chloe. And then we had Yasak, who was one of the Polish lads. Um, by this stage, the Polish lads um, that we have through the agency um, had all gone for whatever reason. We had a bit of trouble with them um but they decided yassak was so sweet and so good that they kept him on so he was there so yeah so i went to melton to help them break in the arabs because they'd uh, been having a few problems down there and i was yeah uh, my first one that i broke there was ibram ibram was tiny and that's why i was down there because he was he was literally 14 hands he was so small He was really, really easy, though, literally just got on him, rode him round, got him going, and then he went off to shoulder of mutton. We had a couple at that stage, they'd broken in most of that year's horses, but we had a couple there that were difficult. So there was a horse called uh, Rafi de Faust, and Rafi was a big big horse um and he had uh issues around food he was very food possessive so you never went in his box if he had food because he would savage you and um he had been difficult when they were breaking him in because he would literally when you were, if you lunged him he would decide that he was gonna come at you and again to savage you and so uh, we got a second line on him pretty quick just so that you could stop him turning in to charge you down and for the most part he would behave himself but then he it was literally like there was a switch in his head um I'd never dealt with a horse like that ever like he he was very dangerous anyway we got to the point where we could get on him and um I remember um we'd been long riding him in the school and I said to Laura I'll oh, well, We'll, we'll get on this today in the box when we come back. And I'd said to Gee, do not put his hay in the box because usually while you're out, the box would get done and everything, the hay would be put in ready for the horse when he got back in. And I was like, do not put any hay in the box because I knew that we wouldn't be able to lay over him if there was food in the box. So we get in the back in the box and I didn't even think to check in his corner manger was the hay in there and Laura legged me up and I was laying over him and at that point i then caught sight of the hay and it's like he read my mind because that's what arabs do they read your mind and he saw the hay and then he basically tried to, he was trying to savage laura and then i was stuck on top of him and i just got this feeling that as soon as i tried to get off he was then gonna like he kick he he was gonna try and cow kick at me and that was quite scary thankfully laura managed to drag him out of the box and then he calmed down straight away and then i got off but obviously i gave a massive bollocking over that because it just wasn't fair you know it was like if you want to do it you want to get on him with a hair in a the box then crack on but like don't ever do that to me ever again anyway we got raffi going and then he went off um he was always an issue like that but yeah he he i don't know that he had something quite strange wrong with him we also had rico rico was uh very very big horse as well he was actually uh, by one of the stallions that we had there so we actually had stallions arab stallions at milton we had uh carlino who got sold to america while i was there he was huge he was like one of these big french arabs we had O royal and we had bengali dalbray who is an absolute legend benny uh Rico uh, rico faust that we rode who was carlino's son he just was a spitting image of carlino big big animal but really really kind really easy to break in and ride to go back to the stallions yeah so Chapel was one of those places where you did kind of everything um so I was doing the breaking of the Arabs and this that and the other and then we had these breeding stallions there with Arabs they use AI quite a bit but they also do live cover so that's why you they had the stallions so that they didn't have to be at the stud because they could be anywhere and the the guys that we had, so Kalina he got sold. While I was there? He was about 16 hands. He was huge. And then Oroyal looked literally like a thoroughbred. He had been a very very um, successful racing arab. He won in Dubai big races, uh, group ones. But literally, yeah, looked like a thoroughbred and was the wimpiest horse that I've ever met. Like he literally, you go boo to him and he'd cry. Not like leading the stallion round at all. Literally did not care. And then we had Bengali Dalbrey, who is a champion stallion. He was one, he was really sweet, but I've been warned to keep my guard up for him because he had savaged a few people. So um, he'd pick people up. He'd bitten people on the boob. He, yeah, he was a bit of a lad, but he was quite sweet. And he was an old boy by the time I was there. But yeah, they said, just keep your eye on him. And then we also had his son, I can't remember what his son was called now. But we used to take them out to the paddocks and you had to put Benny in a certain place because if you, you couldn't walk him past his his son because he'd just go mad. So yeah, there was us and we were all girls pretty much down there and it'd be all girls handling stallions. So two fingers to all the people that say you can't handle standard stallions if you're female. They were they were good. We didn't really do much with them. They just kind of went out and came back in again. Um, that was all they did. Uh, we did cover with Eryal... We bought, uh, they brought a mare over from the nunnery um, covered with him in the shed one day it was just random that they, we had these stallions there but they never caused us any trouble and you could go from like doing the normal horses to go and do the stallions and they weren't bothered like they were just I think because they'd always been treated like horses they kind of were just like normal they weren't like trying to get on you all the time so that was them and yeah so the first season breaking there was Really easy, and I quite liked it down at Melton, so I stayed there for a long time. So how it works with the racing Arabs, uh, the ones that they breed themselves, they had them over at Elmswell, and they they fall down at Beach House in Newmarket, then they get weaned and they go over there, and they basically got handled just once a month until they were two or three years old, and then they get herded up and dropped off at us. So when these guys arrived, um, which I hadn't experienced ever before, but I'd been warned about, um, they literally, they didn't know how to lead. They were feral. So they come off the big, huge boxes that we had. You'd have to then get them from... The loading ramp was like at the bottom of the hill, and then we had to walk them quite a long way up a hill to like the stables. They'd never been in stables before. They'd always just lived together. So you'd have to... Basically, it was like skiing. You were just... You had like... You had to have slip ropes on them just in case they got loose. There was invariably loose horses that day when they turned up and then we had to get them into stables and it was basically whichever stable you could get one in was where that horse then lived and that was them. And I felt so sorry for them when they first turned up because it was such a shame. They must have been really traumatised. But they'd had quite a nice life up to that point. Then uh, the first sort of week or so was just a case of like, going in the box with them and just getting them used to like being handled and we'd turn them out every day into their little groups and just like basically teaching them like this is your life now you get led by a human being and taught them to tie up and then you'd teach them to accept a brush, because they didn't know about that, and then teach them how to take a rug, all the same stuff that you'd do with the thoroughbreds, but they were just that bit older and bigger, and a little bit more dangerous as a result, and they also had their little Arab ways, and um, we have one that came with a health warning, Hanin, I think in the end she had something wrong with her ovaries, but she was very temperamental, and uh, if she didn't like you, like you couldn't do anything with her she was quite nice to me she didn't mind me but she literally would come at you and these things would come at you with the teeth like i'd never known horses come at you literally like like velociraptors and she i remember one day dennis had gone in the field and we warned him because what we'd do when we went to go out to catch them is we'd catch everything else or she came up to you caught her but you basically try and catch everything and then catch her and she she was loose in the field and he could just gone to walk in the field and look at the horses with with tina or laura or whoever and then hanin saw him and literally chased him out of the field all the way because he just yeah she didn't she didn't want him in the field and he had to be out so that was one thing and also, like I said before, they the Arabs were often runners. And another horse that we had was the mighty Bustan. Bustan was a runner. Um, he wasn't just I I don't think he actually ran when we broke him in. He, he just ran when you led him. But uh, he had broken so many people's hands and caused so many injuries because he one minute he'd be walking next to you and the next minute he'd be gone. I remember one day... We were, well, we were down at Shoulder Masson and have four rails there. So a four rail is a paddock that is four rails high. So the rails are like above six foot, like they're above my head. And we turn the colts out in those. And the Arabs would occasionally jump out of the four rails. But when you went to go and get horses in, you put bridle on and a proper long lunge line. And Mitch had gone to get Bustan. And for whatever reason, when he brought Bustan in, Bustan ran off. And he didn't just run off, he ran off and for, I don't know how it had happened but the lunge rain got caught around Mitch's finger and basically broke his ring finger quite badly. That was one occasion where Bustam got loose. There was another one, it was a weekend, we were getting him in, he'd been really really good and actually this was back up at Main Yard. he was there at that point uh, because he was so bad and he literally was uh just coming in and mitch went oh he's being good today and then he was gone he just ran and so we put the others in we went out he jumped in with the old hacks he ran around their field he then jumped out of the hacks field then he galloped down the main drive yeah he was ruining our sunday like he was really once he was running he just knew that was it i don't know he, it took us a long time to catch him he ran a long way he jumped in a few different fields just caused carnage and then we got him in so obviously when he came down to melton to break in we were a bit like mm, this is going to be entertaining and um, he also was it him or was it Mammoose? and a then was fine yeah he was fine but he would long reign and then when you long reined him he would also just run Uh, and you just had to let go. But we had another horse, I'm pretty sure it was Malmoose. another one that if he thought he was going into a field, he would just run before you even got to like turn to go to the field he would just start running and I remember Giles thought he could fix this once we started long reining him so he long reined him out of the box to long rain him into his field which sounds like a crazy idea but people do crazy things and so he went to long rain him into the field and um the horse basically took off and Giles couldn't stop and he ended up on his face being dragged across the field while this horse was running in front of him and we never got him out of that which was yeah <laughs> Like I said, the Arabs literally made their own rules up. Um, we also, uh, interestingly, there was the first place where I came like across the Monty Roberts head collar, um, which is like a head collar, but with like a rope on it. And actually, like, to be fair on Shepard, like they did used to try and do things, you know, the best way possible when they embraced new ideas and these head collars were great like for the Arabs particularly the ones that ran you could almost get them before they started running just distract them enough that you could stop them some of them obviously it didn't work on but they actually they, they tolerated these head collars really well so it was it was yeah I was learning I was learning lots and lots there but yeah it, it was funny they we had you know you'd have either very violent horses or just completely crazy ones where you just be going along and then they just flip for no reason at all. There was another instance. I, I try to think. I think this is the little grey horse that I rode, but Pip was on it that day. Oh, was it Moose She was on, and uh, we were riding around a field. And the side of the field that was nearest to the stables was actually a sheer drop of about four foot with, like, a gorse budge on it outside the field. But you were just aware of it when you rode around the field that, like, there was this sheer drop on one part of the field. And we were riding around the field one day, and her horse, Pip's horse for whatever reason, just bolted and went through, well, sort of went through the top rail, half jumped, half went through the top rail, like, Fosbury flopped. And all we just saw was her and this horse just flip over and... I, I honestly thought she was going to be dead at the bottom of the thing the horse ran off and she was just laying there um she was okay the horse didn't land on her thankfully <laughs> but that was the kind of things that the arabs did so um yeah he then went off to shoulder buttons so he could be ridden in a proper arena and he was absolutely fine as far as getting on these things like so you tended to have the most problems when you started long reining them or rollering them or putting tack on them and then they'd be fine and then then when you got on them like, I can't remember any of them being actually that bad when we backed them or when we rode them away, and then they would just either do the runny thing or they would just buck. But they were, yeah, interesting horses. Um, and actually, uh, we had a couple of some very, very talented horses that, that we had that then went on and run group races. So it was really interesting just dealing with this different sort of horse. Race horses still race horses, but like they were so different and we had some really good fun times down there and to be fair melton was actually a really nice place to work because they just left you alone down there and um we just got on and did our own thing um and it was yeah good fun We also had endurance Arabs. I didn't have an awful lot to do with those, thankfully. And when the point when I was there, the endurance horses were kind of not on the head of the schedule. But they had in the past had a lot of these endurance Arabs. And again, they're like a totally different breed to the racing ones. So it's like Arabs come in like three different forms. The showy ones that you see with the seahorse faces, these Welsh cobby ones that they run. And then the ones, the poor ones that do like the 100 miles in a day jobs. And uh, yeah, Arabs were interesting, definitely interesting. And I'm really glad I got to work with them from the broodmares to the stallions to the racehorses because they were lovely, lovely horses and um, very intelligent. And it was nice also not breaking in something that was like basically 18 months old. Um, You didn't feel half as cruel when you were breaking them in. And the horses felt like they knew what was going on. Um, although I do still like a yearling because, at least with a yearling, you could you could you feel far safer on a yearling than an Arab. Uh, well, it depends what sort of Arab you're on, but you get what I mean. So yeah, so that was uh, my my some of fire breaking in racing Arabs. And we're going to leave it there today. So I hope you're enjoying the series so far, as ever. If you are, please screenshot this and uh, tag me in social media, um, share it amongst your friends. I am over the moon at like how many downloads we're getting; like it's just great. And um, if anyone wants to know like how you get into working with racing Arabs, then I can let you know. So always just drop me a message on whatever socials or via my website, and. Um, I'll look forward to seeing you for the next episode.